No, I'm, I'm happy for you not to win the league. What team do you support? I'm an Arsenal fan. No, no, honestly, I'm happy for you not to win the league. Why is everyone fucking like you? Salute to you, man. Win the league. Go do your thing, fam. Win why, you, why do you sound so patronizing? I, I, I was saying sorry to you guys a few years ago anyway. So like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know it's what? Yeah. It's yeah. Batter everything. Even us. Beat us 10 nil. Do what you want, want for the rest of the season. You just don't want us to go and beat him. What do you mean? What, it's what, done. I, it's done. Not, yeah, we're it's done. It's finished. What for punch you man up? You lot are perfect. What for punch you man up? Some of you lot are perfect. What for talk you man up? See, this is my issue. You lot are perfect. Why you got to say all that? Sorry. No, 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 no. You lot are perfect. You get a bit disrespectful. You lot, you lot, you lot. But you man were low key, like, just itching for that undefeated. They did care. I wanted it. I did not give a fuck. Yeah, me didn't care. I wanted it. I wanted it. Yeah, and you know what it is? That means nothing to me. These are dickheads, bro. That's all it is. We haven't won the league in 30 years. That means nothing to me. You lot are dickheads. Why are we dickheads? Because I'm even saying congratulations, but just because I'm unhappy, I'm happy you don't. No, you're patronizing. Put the tone in your voice. What? I want you to win the league. Go do that. Go do that. Go do that. Big man, my five year old. I want everyone but Firmino to win the league. Why? Because Firmino's a dickhead. Why is Firmino? Oh, yeah. Because he batted up to Rara. Salah, Mane, Keita, all my guys. You see, Firmino, he can suck his mum. I saw this guy drop. You know what it is? The way he dropped Torreira. And then I went on his Insta that same day. This guy dressed abysmally, isn't it? And his teeth annoys me. His face annoys me. His wife annoys me. His wife, his boyfriend on the side. Like, everything. Chill. All right, sorry. What's going on, world? Welcome to another episode of the Rhymes Like Dimes podcast with your boys Peter, Yo, Mohammed, and myself, Yemi. And I don't know, because you guys were more monotone than usual. And uh, today we are joined by a very special guest. He is a music writer, culture writer, all around great human being, friend to the pod. His name is Jesse Bernard. What's Welcome, Jesse. What's going, Yo. What's going on, What's going guys? On, man? How we doing? Alive. Yeah, we're, we're good. Alive. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I'm not oh, like, energy, guys. Oh, energy. Yeah, I need yeah, the energy. Yeah, yeah. Alive. Yeah, alive. we're here, man. God hey. is good, innit? All the time? All the time. God is good. Good stuff. Good stuff. How were our weeks this week? It was a week. Peter, I want you to tell me about it. <laughs> my week was good, man. Um, How was your week for you? Because I know you had a good week. Well, has he to- have you spoken to you, Wait, am I missing something? Has he spoken to you, though? Kind of. Yes. Right, cool. We haven't spoken um, about yeah. anything. <laughs> no, nah, my week's been good, man. Um, why, Yemi was smi- why Yemi was smiling is because um, we went to um, Rags Originals EP. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. The and um, yeah, there was a couple faces there. And um, Peter had a taste of the industry a little bit, and it was good, man. Yeah. I had a good time. Who was there? I had a good time. Um, Tinchi, yeah, Tinchi was there. This guy, um, this guy spotted with Tinchi. <laughs> okay, okay, Tinchi was there. I'm yeah. pretty sure Slicks was there. He was in Rough Squad. Yeah, um, only you and... <laughs> shut up, bro. <laughs> only you on that. <laughs> Tiana Major Nine was there as well. Shout yes. out to Tiana, which Major is um, that's a story in itself. Story in itself, yeah, <laughs> I believe that. Um, she was right next to us holding her friend's uh stuff while she was taking a picture of her friend, and she seemed a bit annoyed at that, but. Yeah, she, she, was, yeah, she looked so appalled. But um, who else we see? Who else we see? Uh, uh, can't even remember, bro. It's, it's blurry. But so, um, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good it was a good event. Where though, was it? Man. Yeah, he shook hands with Braggs. He shook hands with Benzy Flow and all them guys. Yeah. So, okay. okay. Is that you? Yeah. I mean, I was standing next to Yemi, so that man, you know, kind of, a, Yemi. Kind, kind of hey. respectful. Yeah, that, that's the Yemi's guys, man. Yeah, Yemi. Is the way they were hugging, like they've been knowing each other for time. But yeah, man. Like young Jojo We're not about to do this. This is this is Peter's time to shine in the industry. Yo, Peter, I'm not trying to shine. You are shining. When was this for a reason? Huh? When was this? 
Thursday. For those that don't know, I never got an invite. Just you didn't quit, I because didn't. I only had a plus one. Because oh. I was only allowed a plus one. Who was it? For, who show was it? Rags Original. Okay. You don't so, even know him. So. I said okay, but for a reason, fam. Let's move on. The EP is dope, bro. You should the EP dope. Yeah, it's dope. I yeah. believe you. I believe you. I'll listen to it. Shout out to Rags. I'll listen. EP is very good. How was your man's trip? Oh shit! Oh, yeah, 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 Prague as well. Yeah, it was good, man. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, man, good vibes. Barely slept. Shotguns. It's dope, man. It's um, very, very good. Yeah, it was cool, man. We had a good time. Everyone go Prague. Nice sights, yeah. nice yeah, views, yeah. all that stuff. The old town's really pretty. Yeah, man. Cheap drinks, everything. It's calm. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, Your week? Don't affect me. What? Oh, a week. It was a week. Huh? My life's boring compared to you, man. You gotta find new ways of saying. No, it, like generally, like you man's life is entertaining, fam. Yeah, me at an industry party every other week. That's not true. Peter's <laughs> one there once a week. That's not true. Like yo, you man are different human beings, fam. One guy's funny, George Swift's neck. The other guy's funny, Tiffany Cider. I don't know who you man are anymore, fam. <laughs> I didn't sniff on that. Like, I don't even know who you man are, fam. Like, some guy here spotted Tiffany Cider acting like he's just and he knew the other. Yeah, guy. let's talk about that. Let's yeah, let's shine fam. a light on that one. And he spotted. Can Spider. we can we make that the running joke of this episode? And he spotted. Was the, the guy from Russell he spotted? I didn't even spud slicks, but he was there. Yeah, see, he spud his slicks, fam. Titchy's tiny, though. Yeah, I didn't realise how small he yeah, was. Yeah, I didn't realise. If yet Peter's calling him small, he must be small, fam. Hey, relax. I say, man. I apologize. I took it too far. <laughs> no need for that. I did take it too far, fam. Jesse, how was your week? Yeah, man, it was lit. I was in Fez, Morocco. Mm. For the week. Well, not for the week, but for a few days. So, yeah, just got back on Wednesday. And then... Nice. Yeah. Like, Whereabouts? Uh, Fez. Where's that? It's in the north. Okay. Yeah, I've been so, Morocco. Morocco's yeah. beautiful. It's bro. beautiful, man. Morocco's yeah, went to the hammam, like kind of got scrubbed down, everything, got a massage. Jeez. Everything. Yeah, I went all out. Like kind of everyone under the age age of twenty five offered me hash like every five minutes. Yeah, bro. yeah, that's like fam, I just bought something from you five minutes nah, ago. Morocco, like, Morocco like, ragged, bro. Yeah, like literally just always offering like haggling must be mad. Yeah. Now Morocco's beautiful, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, it's, it's sick. Like yeah, the yeah. weather's beautiful as well, food's good. Where'd you go? I went I get there. I went, I get down and went to Marrakesh. I didn't go to... Oh, Fez. Yeah. Yeah, Fez is like smaller. It's like kind of... Um, yeah, it's like... It's only about 100,000 people in the oh, city. Oh, swear. Yeah. It's quite I might need to go city. there, man, because Agadir was lit. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, man. Yeah, it was nice. And I'm yep. in Berlin next week, so we go. We move again. Where you going? Berlin. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's a heavy rave, rave night. Mm. Oh, for real? How long are you there for? Two nights. Yeah, what you did this week. Yeah, you ain't sleeping. Yeah, I'm not you sleeping. sleeping. This. I'm, I'm, I'm going nights. straight from the club to the airport as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, swear. I just got straight raving, fam. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how was your week? Thank for asking. Uh, I tried, bro. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, obviously, I was with Peter at the Rags event. Really good. Um, other than that, pretty much any other week, really. But yeah, man, Jesse, thank you for coming down, man. Oh, um, very, you. very much appreciate it. So, um, for those that don't know, Jesse is a music and culture writer. He's written for a bunch of different publications, really. Um, Complex, he's a contributing editor for Trench, written for DJ Booth, he's written for Noisy, a bunch of different publications, man. So, um, Been out here. Been out here <laughs> for a minute, man. So I guess what we want to start is just an intro to you, man. Um, who are you? What'd you do? How'd you get into hip hop? All that kind of thing. Mm, um, so yeah, I'm a music writer, like photographer, archivist, you name it, like it's it's. I I tried so hard to try and figure out like what it is I do, like in terms and trying to sum it into like one word because there's so many different things that I do. But I guess just music, person or whatever is <laughs> yeah. the best way to describe it. Because yeah, like music is the center of everything I do. Um, whether that's kind of creative writing, like kind of nonfiction, or kind of even photography sometimes, which I need to pick up again. 
But yeah, I kind of just got into it, just fell into writing. I didn't kind of set out to become a journalist or music journalist or anything like that when I went to uni. In fact, I didn't even know what I wanted to do when I went to uni. I kind of fell into that as well. And then um, and I just started blogging around 2010. I just mostly blogging about kind of UK music and what was happening here. And yeah, like kind of a few years later, I just thought, let me just start pitching my work out. So I started pitching to like, any and everyone. Um, I think Complex were like one of the first people to give me a commission. In fact, yeah, they were the first like kind of publication to give me a commission as well, back in 2014. And then, yeah, six years later, nothing is the same. Mm. <laughs> Big facts. Yeah. But like in terms of like how I got into hip hop, I was just, I grew up with it. Mm. I kind of, it was hard not to kind of grow up with it. Like kind of just through my mum's like kind of music taste, she grew up listening to a lot of, like 90s R&B, 80s R&B. So obviously hip hop comes a part of that just through the, like the kind of closeness of it and all. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like kind of just followed it like religiously, like obviously older cousins as well, like and siblings like making music and stuff like that. So that just kind of helped me mm. kind of get into that music kind of space. Is there like a song or a video that stands out to you growing up that you like made you think, yeah, this is hip hop is really it? Um, you know what? I don't think there's a if there's a video, it's got to be the Buster Rhymes one. Um, or which one is it? The Hype Williams one. Put your hands on my yeah. eyes, can see. Yeah, that one. Um, I remember just watching that as a kid, and not obviously understanding the song or who Buster Rhymes was, but just seeing like all this like kind of outlandish kind of just stuff happening, and thought, yeah, that was sick. But in terms of like music itself, my mum used to have this Kiss 97 like compilation CD, <laughs> which, you know, like, you know, them ones like back then, it's just, it's just like kind of the hip hop version of yeah. like now. Yeah. Um, so I had everything like kind of Wishing on a Star by Jay-Z on there. Mm. Um, what else did they have? Like Wherever the hits were, 1997. Mm. Um, so yeah, like kind of that's another one of those kind of memorable moments. And I mean, before then, you don't really remember a huge amount. I don't remember like Tupac and Biggie and all of that. Yeah. Like, because obviously we're we're in the UK, so we didn't get that kind of news back then. But yeah, I say you know, kind of Buster Rhymes, put your hands where my eyes can see, was mm. like the first like kind of major kind of song that kind of impacted me. Was Mason that kiss tape? Mm? Yeah. Why are you gonna say it like that? That was that was epic. I'm what? just gonna give you that, fam. I'm asking a question. Yeah, he was. There you go. Yeah, he was. Cool. Yeah. No, I love Mace, innit? Because they always, so they like. Uh, I mean, someone needs to. Hmm? He said he loves Mace. Oh, like, wow. My, wow. Like, Mace, Mace is my guy, man. Bro, thank you, man. No, no, no. We only control him because of Mace. Like, his love for yeah. Mace is. Bro, Mace is. Yeah, he Mace just, just, like, just quotes Mace lines. Like, you know someone saying? should not love Mace, Mace the way he sick, wants oh, Mace. Nah, pre, pre bad boy Mace. Like, Bro, I'm saying. Yeah, had it all. Mace was ill, man. Right. Yeah, but we're talking mainly about Bad Boy era, right, Mace, when we're mm. talking, about, talking to you. Yeah, but even Bad Boy era, he was sick, bruv. Even the, the pop songs, he was sick. Salute to Mace, innit? It's a moist, innit? I need someone needs to shout out. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say are like some of your favourite rappers? Jesse, like from US, UK, uh, all that stuff. Ooh, do you top five? Yeah. Okay, so top five at the moment. Kano, Benny the Butcher, Betty Gibbs, Conway, mm. Al Camino. That's five. Mm. All time, Jesus, man. Oh, that's a hard one. That's loaded, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's, um, 
Meth, Method Man, mm, definitely wow. up there. Wow. Uh, flow, sound, style, like kind of, yeah, he just had like, like the nice voice. I think for me, like it's always, always about like kind of how the rapper sounds as well and how they kind of just carry themselves on a beat or whatever. And Meth always just carries himself just at a high standard and almost makes it seem effortless even though that he isn't effortless, like that like, to do what he does is like takes skill. Um, but yeah, I definitely say he's up there. Um, Method Man, oh, top five of all time. Jesus. You know what? Like Kano's definitely st still in my top five of all time mm. just because, yeah, just from listening to him since kind of Boys Love Girls up until now, just seeing that development over the years is just, like, can't you can't deny the talent like, in all of that. Um, Slit Rick as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, storytelling wise, just and that's a bit of a left field one because he's like that's even before my time mm. as well, and he didn't have like kind of a huge window. But just in terms of like kind of the amount of people that he's influenced, like kind of since he came in the game, like kind of Snoop Dogg wouldn't be here if it wasn't for mm. kind of Slip, Slip Rick. A lot um, of people wouldn't, man. Nah, yeah, exactly. And then when you kind of step back and think, oh shit, like he's actually done so much for kind of hip hop, hip -hop. in that sense. Um, it's hard, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. tough. It's, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough because you're gonna always leave someone out. Mm -hmm. You're always gonna leave people out. It's one of them ones. Um, Five Dog as well. Oh, oh okay. Five Dog, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously classic bars, like memorable lines as well. But yeah, again, he had the kind of same kind of. I like him for the same reasons why I like Meth, like kind of just the way he carries himself, the flow, and yeah. the voice, and all of that, that. Like kind of not necessarily the best. Like when you're talking about best bars of all time, you're not really going to put kind of Five Dog and Meth Method Man in the top top five. But in terms of all rounded cadence, yeah, thing. cadence and all of that. Then, then yeah, definitely. Um, definitely a slept on rapper. I've always said that. Mm -hmm. Always slept on. He always turns up. So far, all slept on. Hmm? Think, I feel like he's your top five. Jesse, top five. A few of them are slept on. Yeah. Slip Rick slept on. Five slept on. Ref slept on. You think Slip Rick has slept on? Yeah. For our era, for our generation. Yeah, but in the overall, I'm not overall. No, I'm just mm. like thirties and others. I feel like he slept on. Yeah, our age. Yeah, I feel like he's very slept yeah, on. Probably won't age. really appreciate Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Hip-hop heads know stick with yeah. like our generation. I feel like he slept on. Mm -hmm. And then, I guess, lastly, it was actually a toss-up between Cameron, Cameron and Mace. I went with Cameron because longevity mm. and all of that. Because with Mace, I'm talking pretty bad boy, Mace, and there still isn't enough yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. material there for me to say, oh, yeah, he's my top five. But Cameron, just say, yeah. I just remember 2007, 2008, I was in a hard dip set kind of phase, just going through. You went through that phase? Yeah, went through that phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bare mixtapes, mm -hmm. everything. Did you rock pink? Yeah, for a brief time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, <laughs> I know what Fat Peter did. Every cam yeah. fan rocked pink, bro. Yeah, I just appreciate it. I, I, I managed to find this, um, this Rockerwear polo shirt from TK Maxx, yeah, that it was white. Had a pink, pink like kind of uh, lapels and then a pink R. Mm. And I was like, nah, I've got, I've got to buy this. Yeah. And I felt like the man for that, <laughs> for that time. I thought, I thought like I was the UK's ambassador for Dipset. Yeah, yeah, nah, did you like um, SAS? I did, yeah, yeah at the yeah. time. Yeah, I, I like kind of, yeah, really got into SAS because yeah. of like kind of yeah. Dipset and all of that. And I thought kind of, 
in terms of like UK road rap, like they were the guys that kind of set the foundation for a lot started. of what's happening now. Um, they don't get enough credit for that. No, 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 no. I think there is that kind of wave of UK road kind of artists who paved the way for a lot of the trap kind of scene. And then um, I guess during now that won't get their shine because people don't look at music in this country like as intergenerational. Mm. Like particularly when it comes to like to the UK scene or like, I guess, rap or hip hop or whatever you want to call it. Like no one ever seems to think that Joel has been influenced by a previous kind of mm. scene or anything like that. Like these guys didn't just start rapping out of nowhere. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel yeah. you, I feel you. Yeah, all the other, a lot of other genres outside of rap, especially in the UK, are mm. interlinked. Like dancehall has influenced pretty much everything. Yeah. Like everything, even outside of rap, like jungle, house, drum and bass, all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot more interlinked here. Um, I haven't really explored like SAS and that kind of road rap mm. much, to be honest. They meant a lot to me. Like growing up, I loved SAS, yeah. man. Mega, like, and Mayhem specifically was everything to me, bruv. His delivery, his voice was just ill to me. And I was a massive Dipset fan mm. too. So that probably pulled me in as well. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the man are from Tottenham though. SAS? I a think so. If I'm not mistaken, a few of them are. Yeah, a few of them are, 100%. Mm. Well, it's, Tottenham, isn't it, Cole? it's all happening in Tottenham, isn't it? I mean, Cole, when it comes to UK rap. <laughs> we're not right, doing that again. Yeah, we're doing it. We don't need to do that again, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, Tottenham did produce a lot of, like, kind of, I guess, like, a lot of those local legends when it comes to UK rap mm. and, like, road rap in a sense. And I, I think that's the thing with road rap. It was quite localised in the sense that, yeah, some artists managed to break out of their areas, but for a lot of, like, kind of, Road rappers, they would just kind of remained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like kind of stayed hood legends. Yeah, makes sense. I suppose every, every every side of London has that in some way. Mm. I guess across a lot of genres, really. I like that top five though. It's different. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that top five is very different. Yeah. To you. I mean, it change it changes because like obviously depending on my taste at the time. But yeah. I'd say Meth Method Man, Five Dog, and Kano are like the fixed ones. Yeah, yeah. It's always gonna be there. Mm. I'm happy to hear Meth though. I don't feel like he gets mentioned enough. Yeah, no, his flow it, is just because um, he's not everyone's favorite in Wu Tang. Yeah, and he started off being everyone's favorite in Wu Tang yeah. as well, which mm -hmm. is a bit mad. He was meant to be the star. He was, he was basically built up to be because yeah. he was the only one that had a, a full song on. Um, yeah, yeah, on the first one, yeah, yeah. He had it. He had the whole package, man. But the only other, the only, the only thing out of the package he was missing was like making good music. <laughs> mm. Sorry, nice, his nice, flow is still so like, well. I like that. Mm. Everything now. Why Fife though? That was that, that's a that's a left field one. That's an interesting one. Like I don't really hear many people apart from Yemi. Yemi's the only yeah. person I speak to. I think in the same way that kind of a lot of people, the way that a lot of people flow these days, like Fife kind of set the tone for that. Like mm. there's a particular style in the way that kind of Fife, and I guess by extension Q-Tip flowed. Yeah, which then set that kind of skippy that skippy flow. Is now what's influencing how a lot of rappers. You think Five had a skippy flow? On some on some songs he did. Right. On like electric relaxation. I like him brown. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can make okay, a case fine. for it. Yeah. So, it, I mean, obviously like that's that's a, a certain type of tempo and style, but I guess if you were to put him on a modern beat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're he would still sound... Comfortable, yeah, comfortable. He went, he went mm. through out of place, and mm. that's what I kind of, um, I kind of measure that by. Um, yeah, I think for me it was the hop mm. off of Beats, Rams, and Life. That's my favorite tribe song of all mm. time. Oh, swear. Um, yeah, like just the production on that and the sample and mm. everything. I think Five's 
vice versa on that is it's top five. Mm. Totally his underrated one. I don't know why it doesn't get enough love. I don't think five gets enough love, mm. just generally. I think do you think it's got anything to do with how great Q tip is? Being in a group is similar to the, the Andre 3000 syndrome, isn't it? I think yeah. it's that, but I also think he gets shrouded under the legacy of the group. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about tribe, you're definitely more so talking about Q tip and he kind of gets shunted to the side a bit, which, mm. you know, for better or worse, is like kind of criminal when you think about it. But mm. he, there's definitely a lot of things working against yeah. him, but he's always, he always delivered, like always delivered. Yeah. And I think because a tribe called Quest like, and the whole native tongues kind of yeah. movement essentially kind of saw themselves as collect as a collective movement, not mm. individualistic, that there was never like a, a lead rapper or the guy kind of putting their face on everything. So mm. whenever they did everything, it was always as a crew. Yeah. So they didn't, so there's never that sense that Fife was bigger than the group or Q-Tip was bigger you than the group. Obviously they had their internal issues or whatever, but that's why there was never a real star started with them. Like, I mean, the Wu-Tang thing is almost different just because the way that they were structured and mm. the way that Vizzo fucked them all over. <laughs> oh, man, really? He's a top yeah. dictator, bro. Yeah, he is. He is. He's a dictator, bro. He Moving like Idi Amin. He's Gaddafi, fam. Yeah, I'm moving would... like Jim Jones, bro. Not the Dipset one either. That's the original cap on. That's the original cap on. Showing your age there. No, I haven't. For real, for real. I'll follow that top five, man. I like him, man. You have a t- um, UK top five. UK top five? Yeah. Obviously, the New and Free Kings, DW Gets, Kano, mm. uh, Kalashnikov, mm. and then. The fifth. Fifth. You know what? I don't even know the fifth one mm. at the right. moment. I'm not even going to say gigs because that's too obvious. I thought you were going to say gigs, to be honest. No, I wasn't. No. And you know what? Like, as much as I rate gigs, he's not someone that I always enjoy listening to. I've is that more so nowadays though? Because I've got I've got an argument about gigs more recently that I feel as though the last like two three years, no one wants to say it, but lyrically he's not rapping nowhere no. near what he's he used stagnated. to. Yeah, he definitely. Bro, he's, he's like yeah. his lyrics are like low key nonsense. These he's days. become a character. Mm? What's the word I'm looking for? Character yeah. of himself. Nonsense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like huh? he- nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it's like great. he's not saying much these days. After landlord, like I kind of nah, just, he, he, riddle, nah, he riddles he's, a he's lot. Giving like, what he, he's giving you what he's giving you, like what he, what he thinks everyone wants. If you get what I mean, like from yeah, gangster. Yeah, gangsta. he don't sound the same. No, he don't sound the same. He, he doesn't don't definitely not sound He's the not same. as hungry anymore because nah, he doesn't need to be. He's successful now, um, mm. and I guess a byproduct of that sometimes when you're coasting is, you know, the lyrical content seems to. Walter. I will give it to Giggs though. Like he's trying new flows. He's hopping with different artists and stuff. So I guess maybe he's concentrating more on that aspect of his game rather than the actual lyrical content. Because mm-hmm. more time he's hopping on like, not poppy stuff, but more accessible stuff. So it doesn't really matter. I'm glad you said Klashnikov though. Yeah. No one says his name enough. So it's nice yeah, to hear no, that. He's, he's a favorite. Yeah. Um, what was he like when you interviewed him? He was just like mad open. Just oh, really, really like just open, honest, um, kind of, Highly emotive as well, obviously kind of losing his mum and that's what the album was about. So for him is a is a kind of weird way for him to come back to music because it's not necessarily just him wanting to make music. He's coming back to music because this event has happened. Yeah. So mm. talking to him about that and getting more insight as to I guess how he came up and what it was like coming up in like I guess UK hip hop back then, even though 
he was UK hip hop, but he was also kind of in and around like a lot of the grime, grime MCs as well. And he didn't really like the kind of hip hop back then because he thought it was a boys club. Um, I mean, and you can see that, like, kind of just in the way that kind of the artists carry themselves. UK-wise? Yeah, UK-wise, yeah. And, well, not just the artists, but also the fans. And when you go to a UK hip-hop show, you do feel like it's not as open as they they say that they are. That they are. Like, there's always a particular type of crowd at a UK hip-hop show. Mm. Whereas you go to any other kind of... If you go to a gram night, you'll see any any mm. kind of person there. Whereas UK hip hop is more so like... like People like snips. <laughs> Yo, I like snips, <laughs> man. Don't do bro. that. Or like a grungy, or a grungy, or grungy guy, like... He's a dickhead, bro. Kind Why of do you like... Hamden <laughs> or dickhead. like, yeah, something like that. That's, that just wears like three quarter lengths all year round. <laughs> like, those are the people that you see at UK <laughs> hip hop shows. I said John Cena. Don't, don't wash their legs? Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah UK wise, I mean, I always find top fives hard because... I can never kind of look at the music that I know and love like that, which is why I found the Kano top five thing with Julie Adnuga so different. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. But even that for songs is a lot more hard. It's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Like for rappers, it's, it might be easier for some people, but for songs, it's like... Especially when you've got a catalogue that goes... Yeah, yeah. Songs yeah. Like, top five Kano songs <clears throat> is impossible. Yeah. I don't know if you can do it. Because you lot waited a long time to mention Layer Cake. Yeah. And I don't know, I think it might have been you. I mean, you might have mentioned it, or it might have no, been Barney. Was, um, Barney yeah. yeah, and a lot of people were like, huh? So, <laughs> I mean, it's I, hard. I, that's the thing, like, and then I went back to listen to Layer Cake, Layer Cake afterwards, and I was like, actually, yeah, no, nah, I remember why I love this song yeah. so much. And yeah, that could be that could be made the case for top five as well. But there's so many songs that you can, can never do a top five. That can like, that yeah. you can make a case for being Kano's top five. Like, you can make a case for P's and Q's not being in there because. Fair enough, it's his biggest song, and because it's his biggest song, that's almost the easiest song to say. And that's why I think, yeah. yeah. But I don't think it's in there because it's his biggest song. I think it's the quality of it, man. I don't know if he's. Kano's amazing to me. He's flawless Mm. to me. P's and Q's is like. I don't know if. I don't know how many songs he has made that's better than P's and Q's. But I don't know if you can have one without the other as far as it it, it being one of his best songs and it being his biggest song. You know what I'm saying? Do you have to Mm. have his biggest song in there? Do you have to? Yeah. I, I don't think just for to. any artist. No, 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 not no for way. top five. No, no way. I don't think so because that that is almost like well, that's default. Everyone yeah, knows you don't it. have to yeah. have the biggest commercial song. Yeah, if they're, nah. Some artists, their biggest commercial song ain't the best song nine times out of ten anyway. Yeah, is that his biggest song? Then is that is that on record? Mm-hmm. He's accused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's the one. Okay. That's the one song that never leaves the Fine. set. Okay, that song. Yeah, that song. Yeah, that song will never die. Brown Eyes is definitely leaving the set. And like, I, song, I really like that song. song I know Craig, you do. I like it. I song with Craig David's definitely leaving the set as well. What is the girl? This, this is the girl. <laughs> yeah, when that album came out, no, I loved it, man. No. This what you like that song? This is yeah, I loved it. I, I listened back did. to the album, and it's a good album. And, yeah, then, London, and, then, London and then there's that song. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Over and over is an amazing song too. Oh yeah, over and over is dope. Yeah, mm. big facts. The product as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to break that. I felt for you though, man. You're getting killed on songs. I'm telling you. I saw some of that. But you stood your ground though. I liked it. I had to. It's like at the end of the day, like it's. I mean, I can't come and die over a music. I disagreed with you, but I, I like the way you stood yeah, your ground. It's opinions based, saying. isn't it? Like, yeah, you're yeah. never going to agree with someone like, 100 times out of 100 times. Like, mm-hmm. you, you got your own opinion for a reason. It made the final five, though, didn't it? Yeah. There you go. It's good to have different opinions, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I like. It would have been over in 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, if everyone agrees, then it's just like, you can't win either way. You can't win if everyone agrees. You can't win if you're that guy that doesn't agree. It's... You know what I'm saying? It's double-edged sword. Yeah, man. Do you know if he saw it? Yeah, he's seen it. What did he think? 
I think he was just more not annoyed or upset or anything, but he just would have liked to see more of his more recent songs mm. in in there. Yeah, I think, and I can kind of get it. So, no, that fully makes sense. So, like, if you're someone who's been making music for 15, 20 years and the only songs that are in anyone's top five are the ones that you made yeah. 15, 16 years ago. You're gonna and feel like, you feel like, oh shit, do, yeah. do people not look mm. like my yeah. music now? Yeah. And it's like, it's not even that. For me, it's just on the on that day, mm. I'd been going back to the older stuff. So I hadn't really kind of been sitting with Maiden and Manor mm. as much. In fact, Maiden and Manor, I don't go back to as much as I should, which is a shame because there are some album, there's some, some songs on there great which album, are, man. Yeah, no, yeah. there are. They're, they're, like, a lot of those songs could easily make top five. Yeah. Without a doubt, like I'd say, more songs off of Made in the Manor than um, uh, the next uh, one is all summer. Really? Yeah. Although saying that, any song off, it's it's hard. Teardrops. That's the thing. Teardrops. Mm-hmm. Trouble. Trouble. Good youths walk amongst evil. Yeah. Three yeah. years later, the first song. Three years later, um, even yeah. I get it. I get his concern, but it also speaks to like the enduring quality of his music. Mm-hmm. Like he's always gonna have classics, but they're gonna be modern classics, but they're also gonna be classics that he made when he first came out yeah. as well. Yeah. So if anything, it's more of a I know he didn't take it in in, in, mm-hmm. in, in a certain way, but it's more so a celebration of like what he has yeah, done. Because exactly. there was like a whole tapestry of all of his music from across his albums, across mm-hmm. his tapes and that. So I think he was well presented, but the top five itself may have come out a little bit like, okay, yeah. skewering towards the old stuff, which is natural. Because I think like if you can, if you can say that any of your older songs have aged well enough that people still have it in the top five, that's a blessing. That's a big deal. That a lot of artists, I can see both sides of it though. I can also have. see that. I can see both sides. I can yeah. see the blessing that you made the classic so long ago. But also if I made recent songs, like, at least. It's kind of like, yeah. it's like yeah. is it not as good if people not fuck you with it? It plays with your mind, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So I can see both sides of it, but. As a, as a Kano fan, I like how no one mentions Method to the Madness. But this is, oh, you know what? <laughs> no one talks about that album. But you know what? I actually, so I actually, like, kind of, so my reaction to Method when Barney brought up Method in the Madness was funny because I was literally like, there's maybe two <laughs> songs on that that could possibly be in the conversation for making Kano's top five. Mm. I don't think, I, I like the album at the time. I like it, man. I don't think it's aged well because a, a lot of the songs, Sound like 2010, mm. like you know that kind of weird pop dubstepy, mm. yeah, 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 kind yeah, of sound yeah. that Bullshit. they're trying to do. That like, there's that one song, Spaceship, on there, which I'm just like, oh, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to hear that ever again. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, for what it was and for what he was trying to do as an MC, there aren't many MCs that were doing what Kano was yeah. doing, and yeah, like you have to keep, take your hats off to him, even for that album, because. Yeah, I don't know anyone else that would make an album like... He takes risks. Yeah. It might not always work out. Absolutely. I mean, this is the girl, you know. Definitely very much of its time. I don't think that was a risk. What no, it wasn't you? a risk as much, but... It was I trash. Mean, you, but it was trash. So, in a sense, it was. Because it was a little bit more electro than anything he had done previously, I think, anyway. So, in a mm-hmm. sense, it may have been. Rock and Roller was probably the worst... The only mistake I think he's made mm. musically. Okay, that's what mm. you're Yeah. Because, like, that one was just completely left... To left what, what he normally does and what he was trying to do. Like, I don't even know what he was doing with that one. <laughs> You're trying to rock and roll, bro. You're trying to yes, rock and roll up. Silly to Kano though, man. Obviously, Jesse's here. You're a journalist. Mm. I myself, I'm a journalist as well. So I guess I wanted to spend oh. a bit of time. Sharp. I wanted to spend <laughs> a little bit of time. <laughs> Sorry, Mohammed, what did you study in uni? 
Exactly. That's cool. Also, I'm the up. only one here that's not a journalist. Essentially, is that? I'm the only one here that's not a journalist. I'm not a journalist either. Just I mean, but you studied it. it so. What does that mean? You've got it in you. He's not. I went for my mum. But anyway, um, yeah, I guess we wanted. To, I wanted to take some time to just talk about like the importance of journalism in hip hop because obviously we hip hop talk about fans. Journalism is kind of like a medium for the opinions of hip hop fans, hip hop commentators to really like shoot the shit essentially about what makes the culture tick. Mm. Um, and we've seen magazines like The Source, Double XL, you know, a bunch of others that have gained a lot of notoriety and stuff and have innovated in the genre as well with stuff like the, the freshman list, the five mics and stuff like that. So I guess I just wanted to get into how important journalism is for hip hop generally. I, um, yeah, I think it's very important. I think um, journalism contextualizes the space in which hip hop sits in um, and the world in which it comes from and it helps people to make sense of the world in which hip hop comes from um, and what that means. Um, I think over the years, the idea of hip hop journalism, what it is and what it should be, I haven't met haven't met along the way. I think when it starts to become like, I guess, gossip based mm. and like kind of all this kind of industry insight stuff, like kind of knowing the ins and outs between the Bush, the Pusha T and Drake kind of beef and all of that, whilst all that's entertaining, I don't feel that that is necessarily journalism in itself. That's just getting the scoop. Like TMZ yeah, can yeah, do yeah. that and yeah. all of that. Um, but in terms of getting to the heart of the story, getting to the heart of, kind of how someone like Pusha T can go from being a drug dealer to even becoming like president of good music. That is like mm. kind of for me what I've always been interested in. Mm. Um, and, I've, and I still think there's a lot of room for, for that in hip hop. I think more now more so than ever as the landscape is shifting like, like every day. And there's, it's important to look at, okay, so since a lot of this is happening online and virtually, what is what do these cultures now look like mm. that hip hop is coming from? Because hip hop isn't just, just this one singular thing from New York now. You've got hip hop coming from Chattanooga, from Toronto, from mm. LA, from Atlanta, from the Midwest, all of these different regions. And then, then it's kind of gone global as well. So then you've got kind of UK rap, then you've got UK hip hop, then you've got drill, all these different yeah. things. And I think journalism helps kind of sort through all of that and kind of, yeah, give us a better understanding as to, because at the end of the day, hip hop is an extension of black culture and black popular culture and black cool or whatever, whatever, whatever that is. And essentially that is an extension of the black experience. So hip hop is essentially a telling of and a performance of that, mm. of that black experience. So if you don't have people who understand that black experience who are, you don't necessarily have to have lived it, but to have a deep enough understanding where you can then translate that experience to a wider audience so mm. that they can then contextualize that and see how that then applies to their lives. And that's how journal hip hop journalism stays alive. And that's why I still see the value in it. 100%. Yeah. I feel like these days, like, like you said, like there is this kind of like tendency nowadays for publications to report on what so-and-so is doing rather than the actual journey. Mm. Um, that might be getting a little bit lost, especially during the days of like when all we had in a pre-internet era was what journalism was telling us about mm. these artists. 
because the internet is kind of like mud, it's muddy the waters in a sense, like there is now a shift to wanting to know more about what the artists are doing on a day-to-day, who they're dating and stuff like that, mm-hmm. rather than like what they're bringing to the culture. So I think journalists like yourself and, and others are like very important in like telling the stories that then go to people so that they can understand artists a little bit more and what they're doing with their art rather than mm. anything else. So yeah, I, I agree. I think I think journalism is definitely like still very much important. It may have taken on a new new forms in throughout the years. Um, because even like people like Joe Budden and Charlemagne and stuff like that, they're mm. seen as journalists as well. So I guess like the actual role of the journalists and who they can actually be and what they can comment on has changed as well. What do you think have been like some of the biggest changes as far as hip hop journalism goes in the past like decade or so? Um, I think yeah, like social media and the internet has definitely impacted, impacted I guess the role, the role and of hip hop journalism just in what it looks like and what it is. Um, so obviously kind of post 2008, you had kind of this blog era mm. where you had kind of two dope boys, all of these various kind of like mixtape madness. Whether it was here or the US, you had all these blogs that are just catered to churning out mixtapes and anyone could write about it as well. And it was kind of, these sites were kind of for everyone. Um, now it's become, I don't know, it's, it's a weird one. I think hip hop journalism's changed in the sense that you're now not getting to see an artist on the come up. It's either like they've got a blow instantly for them to even get some shine or even get um, mm. just a look in from a publication or they just got to be this rare, unique t- talent that everyone just seems to fawn over mm. at once. Like for example, like Lil, Lil Uzi, but everyone, like there's always this period where suddenly all eyes are on this one artist. Like last year was Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. Like kind of the year before that, I can't even, I don't even know who it was, but like it's either Lil Uzi Vert, then it's 21 Savage, and then it just moves on. It's very cyclical in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's changed is that you're not seeing enough, like, kind of people just, I guess, developing mm. as artists, and that's then affecting the journalism because then we're then seeing, we're then expecting almost instant success from. From the artist, why aren't they achieving certain certain things or at a certain level? Mm. Um, and you see it in the writing as well. Mm. Yeah. Like, but can can journalism help with that in a sense where maybe an artist isn't necessarily getting you know a crazy level of buzz, mm. but I don't know a particular publication might see a potential in somebody that's just quietly making music in the underground. Yeah. Can they help with that? They they can. I think what I think the issue with journalism is that there hasn't been a balance between the underground, catering to the underground and catering to the mainstream. So you could read a source or Vibe magazine 10, 15, 20 years ago and read a decent article on some unnamed, unknown artist from from God knows where, just Mm. because they had a really interesting story. Mm. Whereas, because obviously a lot of things have shifted to online prints dying or was dying. I don't even know if it's dying anymore because people seem to be making more and more print magazines by the dailies these days. But it's a trend. Huh? It's definitely a trend. Yeah, it is a trend. I don't know if it's uh, if, if it's actually working, if it's a sustainable <laughs> I, don't so. I don't think so either. I don't think yeah. that's another topic. Um, 
But yeah, like I think, so like a lot of online journalism shifted to kind of just, obviously they've got to attract clicks and get the most clicks. So, and you're not going to get clicks off of some un, unknown artist from mm. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But if it's someone that's already got a certain amount of kind of clout or whatever, then they're more likely to get that kind of, to get that push. So I think for me, it's, it makes my job more difficult because I've always been about wanting to write about the unsung mm. artists, those that don't get their flowers and should get their flowers, but it's becoming even more difficult these days when editors have only got so much budget and their readers don't know who this person is. And that's the, that's the difficulty I that's find in my said. job. Yeah. yeah, the demands have changed. Mm. And these days, everyone's out to increase their profile. So mm. they're going to report on, publications are going to report on the people that are going to do that. So that's why you'll see three Meg the Stallion articles a day rather than maybe one or two on who's hot in like Northwest London or whatever. It's that need to be in the know as far as the mainstream is concerned. But you also have like expectations from upstairs, pub some publications. You need this amount of clicks. You need this amount of attention for me to release money for you to be able to survive. So the shift has definitely not, hasn't benefited like up and coming people like it had like in the 90s and the mm. 80s and even in the early 2000s like we forget like people like Biggie, Common they were like unsigned hype yeah. on, on, yeah, on the, the Source magazine yeah. we don't have we don't really have I mean the freshman list is cool but even those people they already, need to have some kind of attention they already have kind of clout. a name by the time yeah. they're on that list like nine times out of ten they already got a buzz but how hard does it make how tricky is it to keep what you guys want to write about versus what they want you to write about, if you get what I mean. Mm. Like, clearly you've got a lane where you guys want to write about something. And unfortunately, you've got, whoever you guys write for, whoever you guys write for, they, you know what they already want. So how hard is it to keep that balance between what you guys want and kind of meet their needs as well? Sometimes do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a compromise. Like, to be honest, yeah, it is a compromise. Sometimes you do end up doing an interview with an artist that you probably normally wouldn't listen to. Mm. Um, just because it's also beneficial for your career as well. Yeah. Like to, to do an interview or profile on a popular rapper because yeah, like, I mean, I did Lil, um, Lil Yachty like a couple of years ago. I don't listen to his music, but I knew that oh, it's a cover story that'd look good, like kind of going down the line. What I've noticed, so we're, and I think I started to see it like kind of like among our generation, but more so with like kind of younger writers is that, Whereas before, like, I remember reading, like, kind of, like, the source of Vibe, and you'd know who the writers were, and they'd kind of be these big kind of names and stuff, but the story was never about them, or was never, they never put themselves in a story, or mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know, it's like, I feel like now, like, even becoming a, like, kind of hip-hop journalist or a hip-hop writer that gets to sit down with, an Amigos or Tyler, the creator or something like that, that becomes a big thing in itself for the writer where they, mm. the writer themselves becomes a celebrity. It's like, it's like the, the life of a writer is not exciting or sexy or anything like <laughs> that. I don't know why, I don't know why <laughs> like, like anyone selling the dream is, oh, it's, it is like anytime anyone tweets, oh yeah, I just spent a week with Tyler and all of that, fam. He linked up with you twice. And that is, that is <laughs> also, he will spend, never spend, remember spend, you. Spend the whole yeah, week with yeah. Tyler, just chilling. And and I think because we've shifted to this kind of place where it's all about making a brand for yourself, making a name for yourself, no matter what you do, you've got to have a brand. You've got to have your brand and your online presence. And 
hip-hop journalism has now given the writers a chance to become celebs themselves and to become the kind of cream of the crop who can rise to the top yeah. and get those kind of cover stories and those big features and all of that, which, I mean, is all well and good. But yeah. The quality sometimes dips. Yeah, yeah. Very rarely do I read a very, very outstanding piece, piece on a long, a long read. Like I'm talking like 4,000 words on a rapper. Mostly because, I mean, the people writing about them don't know like fuck all about where yeah. they're from, what they do. How I think that's do evident it. as well. When you read yeah. some, when you read some, you can tell that it's just mm-hmm. they write for the sake of writing. If you get what I mean, yeah. Like they'll they'll kind of dress it up in all this like kind of nice storytelling that makes it a good read in terms of language wise, but in terms of actually trying to get getting to understand who this person is outside of the music, not really getting much yeah. bar of what you already know. Yeah, um, you haven't really taught me that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's very hard to get. I'm no. I don't know whether that's media training or the artists themselves. I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of rappers these days that aren't as entertaining to talk to. It's... Rappers generally aren't. No, <laughs> not, 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 not compared to back in the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I read some of those interviews from back in the day, and those those guys look entertaining as fun, mm. like as hell, like just being in a room with them. Whereas now, I think now it's more image though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot care about their image now more than so. Yeah. Like, back in the day, like the way. Yeah, I mean, a lot, of, like a lot, a lot of them don't bring anything to the interview when they're talking. I'm just like, at all. What, what, fam? Why did you tell me that? What, I'm asking, <laughs> the, like, I'm asking you something like really interesting. This is your one time to tell yeah. me something like about yourself to tell the world something cool, and you're like, oh yeah, man. I just like you know, I just got this inspiration from, from I don't know, like I just saw this Instagram post and I was like, okay. Cool, but okay. If that's the truth, that's cool. But you could just sit a bit more. Just dress it up, like, maybe yeah, something. Yeah. Make it. Is it an age thing, though? Are these young artists? No, it's not an age. It's not an age thing because, like Nas, was only, only how old when he dropped Illmatic, and he was mm. doing interviews and all of that. And those interviews were inter- entertaining back mm. in the day. Like, I just think it's a different how, time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a different time, different era. It was more time. Those guys were more interested in showing people who they were and what they represented rather than now. Nowadays, people like Mo said are very image based. They're mm. trying to get a certain picture of themselves out. And more times, some of these rappers are absolute shit interviews. Like they will not give you anything. Mm. Like they'll give you one word answers, two word answers, and they'll completely flipping fly away from the question as well. Like, is media training a thing as well then? Because it seems as though nowadays there's not as much, whereas back in the day there was. It should be a thing. Mm. Definitely should be. A thing. Maybe that's also. Kind of impacting the quality of the interviews. No, oh, yeah, I mean, like, I imagine like if you got a budget and you're paying your PR a certain amount of money for all of these services that they're offering you, media training is the last thing you're probably thinking of because yeah. also you're thinking, what do I need to be media trained for? Like they <laughs> take me for who I am. They'll they'll like me for who I am. It's mm-hmm. like, fam, like I just read the Burner Boy GQ interview. And it's like again, I saw a bit of that. Like. He squandered an opportunity to open up to an. Burner's not a good interviewee, though. He's not. He's not. No, Burner's. No, he's not. He's not. He's not a talker at all. And that and that's fine. But like, also, like you're not a good interviewee. But at the same time, like when someone's asking you a simple question, just answer the question. Don't mm. be a dickhead about it. Like yeah. you saw the land bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I kind of got the answer though. 
No, everyone's been praising him for I that. Can't, but, no, but if you, when I read the actual full track, he just didn't want to ask. They could have asked him. He could have done that a different yeah. way, though. Yeah, they could have asked The him. only people criticising him are journalists. I see a lot of journalists no, kind of getting onto how he carried himself within that interview. Don't you understand? He could have done that a different way at all. Yeah, because it's more in a sense, okay, if you're not feeling the interview, if you're not feeling the framing of the questions or whatever, stop the interview, mm. get your PR to sort something out to change it. But if you're set there sat in an interview, answer the questions, don't be a dickhead. Like you're mm. just wasting everyone's time. <laughs> and I'm not calling them a dickhead, but I'm just saying like how they answer it depends on how, how they're going to be received. Mm. So if they give me a, a crap answer and or they're coming off as obnoxious, well, then that's how they're going to look to yeah. the world. Yeah. So that's their one opportunity to show, to show the world that actually they're not what people think of them. And people already think Bernard, Bernard's this and that anyway. Oh, do they? Yeah. This interview didn't do anything to help shore that up. And it's not only just an interview on, in a, a no pitchfork on, online where only a certain amount of people are going to read it. This is GQ. Yeah, it's mm. a big one. So a yeah. lot of the people reading GQ don't listen to Burner Boy's music. So not only has he lost out on a potential audience, which maybe or maybe or not would have listened to his music anyway, but GQ readers are a particular type of way anyway. Yeah. So they're going to read that from an African like kind of musician and think, oh, he's 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 kind of full of himself. He needs mm-hmm. to bring himself down a peg or two. Like imagine mm-hmm. like all those football pundits reading that, thinking like this guy needs to be brought down a peg or two. <laughs> Graham right. Sooness. Yeah. <laughs> Graham Sooness. <laughs> but then to argue that, to counter that, Bernard might feel like he doesn't even, because he's so popping right now, he might not need none of these publications. <coughs> so why agree to do it? Then don't yeah. turn up. That's true. Don't, don't turn up. Yeah. Why, why don't, do you don't turn yeah, up? Don't turn don't, up. Like, don't be you, he clearly saw a benefit in doing mm-hmm. it and he acted like a dickhead, mm. to be honest. Um, nah, like, I mean, look, I mean, look, we know he's a bad interview, but at the end of the day, stop doing interviews then if you know mm-hmm. you're not going to give much. Mm. Like, it's a waste of everybody's time. I can tell you countless interviews where they just not, have not been a good interview. How much is on the journalists, though? How much is it on the journalists? Yeah. I mean, like, how much is on a journalist if they can't get... I know it's on the artist. It's hard to explain what I mean. Like, it's on the artist to answer questions mm-hmm. as well, but how is it? how much is on the journalist if they can't... I mean, so get, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, saying. like the, yeah, to but, ask the right yeah, questions. We also, to get yeah, we, out of them. yeah, we also understand like this is our first time with them. We're only being with them for maybe like an hour tops. We gotta base it on their mood. Okay. So if mm-hmm. they are asking some, if I, if I'm gonna ask them a question and they only give me one a one word answer, I might probe the second time. And if they're still unresponsive, you gotta move on. You just okay. gotta judge it based on mm-hmm. their mood. Yeah, it's annoying, but it's not like we can say, all right. Could you please like give me more? Because you like, keep moving mad right we're, now. We're not, exactly. we're, we're not facilitators in the sense that how we bring ourselves and what energy we bring into the room dictates how the conversation will go. Like that's that's not our role. Our our role is to write it as we see it. Essentially, you could argue that the best journalists in the world or whatever are the ones that can get the artist to feel comfortable and relaxed and all of that, which is all well and good, but. In this in this day and age, when you're given a half an hour, twenty minute window you to interview, kind of and try. it's and you're one of fifteen on a certain yeah, day, yeah, yeah. then that becomes an issue in itself, and that's why I don't really like being part of the kind of the press cycle like that because then I know that the, yeah the interview's not going to be that great. If if the conversation is great, then that's then that's lucky because yeah. they've already been talking about the same things all day. So the fact that they've even been able to tell me or give me an answer very differently to what they've just said to the previous guy. That means, okay, cool. I'd, 
That's a good interview. Yeah. I judge an interview, a good interview by the fact that they were, I was able to just keep them talking, to be honest. Oh, yeah. for real. Your interview with um, Rafael Sadiq was good. Because oh, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of his. I watched mm. his press run. So I feel like I, I got quite a lot from mm. the interview you did with him. And that was a difficult one because I was over the phone. Oh, swear? Yeah, and I did that in Brixton Library. <laughs> <So> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't have anywhere to, to, oh, wow. to, to do it. And I was like, oh, shit, I need to do this interview. And I was like, fuck, where do I go? Ritzy's too loud. It's another highlight of being a freelance yeah, writer. I was like, you've got to, like, finding somewhere to do an interview, like, when you're out and about is, is difficult. Is there a difference between a UK journalist and a... An American journalist, just the way we operate compared mm. to how. <laughs> and if so, what do you think kind of the difference is? Mm. Hmm. I never really thought about it, to be honest. You're welcome. I mean, I, uh, I mean, from a black music perspective. Yeah. Okay, so whilst the source vibe and all of that, some of them were set up like kind of by white men and complex as well. There's a, I don't know, it's weird. Even with hip hop journalism, there's a, real culture around it that and there's like a legacy behind hip-hop journalism in in america like there's just a certain way that things are done and there's a high standard and there's a high standard that's expected okay. when you're writing about hip-hop mm. in america whereas here and you, you can you can say that this is a structural kind of um kind of issue or whatever um and probably yeah say institutional but um but because there hasn't really been a space for black music to be documented like that in the uk in mainstream journalism like it's kind of been left falling by the wayside and everyone else has come in like in the past couple of years past five six years essentially had to correct a lot of the mistakes that mm. were made previously. So like between 2000 and 2010, when you had like all these white kind of journalists writing about grime, bearing in mind that none of these people came from the environments in which they're writing about. Mm. A lot of them didn't come from London. So they then come writing about this scene that is very London centric. You've got to have lived a certain yeah, experience and at the time, remember the popular music in the UK is indie. Mm. It's bands like The Killers and The Fray and Lord. Kasabian and all of them. So like all those journalists now that are jumping on grime now, remember they weren't listening to it back then. Yeah. So, and for black music in this country, it's quite finite in the sense that it's been popular, but it hasn't always been as popular as say hip hop or R&B has, or gospel or whatever yeah. in the US. Like, like reggae and dance were the biggest kind of sounds to come out of Black Britain or whatever, and they've always been underground. So a lot of the journalism has been forced underground as well. Mm. I say that's a big difference because there's a real kind of infrastructure around hip hop journalism in the US, mm. where you once was underground, and a lot of those magazines were created because they're not going to get in like yeah. the GQs and yeah. all of that. Whereas now, like. We, we have Trench and Grime Daily and Link Up and SBTV and Rewind because, because there was that kind of lack of entry into mainstream journalism. But again, it's just, it's that whole British sentiment towards just the other and mm. how it treats the other. Mm. Um, and you see it playing out at every level and you see it playing out in journalism and kind of how they, even when it comes even to... Even now? Yeah, even now. Even when it comes to pitching, pitching a... 
pitching an artist to an editor, like it's weird. I feel like, and I don't know if like Yemi feels the same, but I feel like when I'm pitching a story to an editor here, I've got to explain what this thing is before I oh, even wow. get to pitch what the story is. Mm. Because I'm not 100% sure that the person I'm talking to even gets this right. element of the what culture is, that I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. So I've got, I then got to do my ABCs before I even then got to explain yeah. what the pitch is. Whereas I don't have to do that with a US editor. I find it harder pitching to US editors about like hip hop stuff because I know that I have to be on job. Yeah. Because I know that they're going to start asking questions and coming back and probing me, making sure, oh, um, but have you considered this? And is this right? Here, editors don't know anything about... So they literally just give you free... Yeah, so they give you free reign to write, which is why so many mistakes are made because there's no fact-checking, there's no yeah. due diligence done in in journalism here when it comes to black music. Um, what about when you um, did the piece for OK Player? Okay, the grand player, yeah, the grand piece. Yeah, yeah. so the, the grand one. Um, so, so for me, that one, I, I literally was researching for months mm. because I knew that their editors weren't gonna research as much as I mm. would have done for that, mm. and also because I knew that they're gonna be UK heads like reading it. I had to make sure my shit was on point <laughs> because my like. I, I was even scared to repost it because I just thought, oh shit, what if they come for my neck because. I just got one just date. One, and they will. One, yeah. one they date definitely wrong will. or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. and and to be fair, like I don't I completely understand understand it when everyone comes for a writer's neck when they got a little detail wrong because okay, to the writer it's nothing, it's just a minor detail. But to us, that's everything. Like that is that's a that's a major mis you can't you can't mistake a reload for some a restart. Te- a, re- a technical <laughs> restart or some shit like that. Like <laughs> like that, do you know how offensive that is? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like when you actually step back and and think about that, like that is a, a major important aspect of dancehall culture. Stuff like that will show you the gulf yeah. in cultures. Yeah, that will show you that someone is literally a novice who knows nothing about anything, trying to go and in, come into a culture and try make sense out of it. Mm. It's no, very, very, it's becoming more and more obvious nowadays mm-hmm. with social media with. Like these people's profiles being up in the air like that, like it's very very obvious that some men are not built for this, mm. which is where publications like Trench come in. Like, mm. and I want to talk a little bit about Trench as well because Trench is doing a lot to kind of like tell the stories of black music in Britain that haven't been told. I've noticed that too, mm-hmm. and I actually really appreciate that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, it, it's definitely bore out of a need to to kind of prevent the the restarts, yeah. those kind of predicaments <laughs> yeah. as well. Like. Jesse, obviously, as your as a contributing editor for Trench, how have you found the whole experience? I think writing for Trench personally has made me more appreciative of what we do have, and has made me want to celebrate what isn't already being celebrated. Like as you've said, like I think without Trench, I I would have been shoot, still shooting in the dark, just trying to figure out what type of writer I wanted to be. But Trench is now kind of answered that for me in the sense that now nah, there's so much here that hasn't been documented mm. in the right way or yeah. properly or not enough that there's still so much work to be done here. I can't be worrying about what's happening yeah, elsewhere. Because yeah, yeah. there's even, or even right now, because there's still so much from 30 years ago that needs to be covered and stuff like that. So in a sense, 
I kind of feel relieved that kind of trench is about because mm. now I feel that I don't have to worry about trying to make a name for myself, trying to interview the most popping artists and trying to write about the most popping things now. Like a lot of what goes up on trench really kind of probably doesn't get as many clicks as it should do because it's not relevant enough for a lot of audiences. But in terms of like the longevity of trench, like trench will be here when a lot of these other publications won't be here. Word. People like I, I hear people talking about trench as though like it's only been around since 2017 and they're talking about it as though it's been here for decades mm. in the positive way that they're talking about it. And that's, and that's like warming to me, even though like we're just contributing editors, but it's weird to have a platform like that here because we've never really had a platform like that. Yeah. Like GRM, SBTV and LinkUp, yeah, kind of, but they don't facilitate editorial mm. yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of content like kind of other websites. Nor do they focus so much on every aspect yeah, of yeah. The, this music scene over the years mm -hmm. as well. No, we haven't really had like, I mean, like one thought, like we haven't had a, a vibe or, source. or a source. That's like, a rewind and all of that. Okay, you can make a case for the magazines that kind of shuttered back in the day. But even then, like that was a different time. I'm talking about now, the ones that are still in existence. And I feel like Trench has filled the gap that was, that was previously unfilled. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Oh yeah, long live trench. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely. I feel <laughs> yeah. like trench is kind of like a throwback to like when, mm -hmm. not necessarily integrity, but it was like the focus of your journalistic like, ambitions was like very pure and as far as the quality goes, mm. it wasn't based on trying to get clicks. It wasn't trying to get like certain attention just so like your portfolio was increased. Like it very much focuses on and benefits from the culture that it's in mm. and it's reflected in the writing it's reflected in the subject matter where do you see like hip-hop journalism going as far as like any kind of like generational shifts mm. you see happening and anything you've seen recently that you think might you know take journalism to another place or the same place in the next couple of years like what do you see for it um interesting i mean i definitely still i, I definitely see that there's going to be no, unless, and I feel like the writing's still gonna have value. I think that's definitely still got a lot of value. I think people just still want to read good, actually, like kind of interviews on art, artists or whatever. I think it's gonna become a lot more balanced, a lot more fair. Um, we're starting to see that they like hip hop has been generational now, intergenerational for like a couple of decades now. But we're going to start to see that the writing itself is becoming intergenerational mm. in the sense that if you want to read about something that happened 40 years ago, there's a space, there's a space for that. But if you want to read about what's happening now, there's space for that yeah. as well. And I think that's what is great about hip hop journalism now is that because it's so big and it's so broad, you can have a website that's just dedicated to the 80s only. Yeah. You can have a website that's just dedicated to sampling and production only um you can have a website that's dedicated to just unsung sung hype because yeah. there's just so much of it and so it's so expansive um i'd like to see that happening in the uk eventually i'd like to see sites that have, i mean there are there are kind of but i'd like to see sites that are just dedicated to jazz only to mm. sites that are dedicated to garage and jungle and dubstep and yeah. all of that like 
Is in that that that's only good for this. That's only good for the overall scene. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess going back to like trench, like it feels like kind of how I'm writing for trench now feels like how blogging used to feel mm. back in the, back in the day, where mm. you're just writing for the love of it. That's what trench feels like, and mm. that's where I'd like to see kind of journalism go back yeah. to where you are writing for the love of it and not just writing because you need to pay your rent at the end the end of the month so you're just chasing whatever byline or kind of topical thing that's happened recently and I guess the biggest thing now is Megan trying to get out of her contract and people having and I think that's the other issue with journalism is that and I've and I don't know if you've noticed this because so many of these moments are happening in real time we're almost being expected to have a response to these moments immediately immediately 100%. when think about it 20 years ago like a lot of these moments were happening all the time. No one gave a shit. No. Like, we weren't writing about this thing that happened because of some contract beef. Like they weren't dedicating fifteen hundred words to that back then. Yeah, they didn't have the time. <laughs> but now everyone needs their two cents. Yeah, so social media has probably affected journalism as well because mm -hmm. now everybody's an expert. And now we're writing these big, big pieces on micro issues. Have you noticed the amount of micro issues you see pieces on? Mm. Like and like think pieces on it's like man why are we talking about this micro issue for two or three days like it should be done after no, yeah, an hour right, right. Um, and that's Bro. the issue I find with kind of the downside of like kind of the internet and social media and journalism that micro issues become macro do you think um, there's enough critique within journalism in our scene no <laughs> hell no yeah, not. I feel that way no, too no. I feel as though yeah with Definitely. Just agree. not even just in journalism, just across the board, I feel as though there isn't enough mm. criticism of the most popular artists within the UK scene. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are scared to say certain yeah. things. I've, yeah, essentially. Yeah, they don't want to maybe burn some bridges. I, I reference who are sensitive as well, isn't it? But UK rappers are kind of just outside looking in. It just seems UK rappers are sensitive. We, look, we can leave the studio right now and bump into one rapper that we criticised. Yeah, because London's small. But at the same time, it depends. I think it should always depend on how your critique comes off. I think it's shifting, though. It's starting to change. I mean, you could talk about a DWE gets or someone like that now, not worry that you're going to get blocked. Yeah. Because they're big enough. But, and pro yeah. Wiley will definitely block you, though. Yeah. Why, Wiley? We can live with that one. <laughs> we can live with that yeah, one. I, 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 can, I can hold that. We can live with that blocking, bro. Yeah, yeah. It will probably unblock us after two days. <laughs> and then DM will say, I was bettering. <laughs> There's always been radio. Like, it's always been a thing. But how hard has internet radio quote unquote made journalism more difficult like the breakfast clubs the hot nights media personalities yeah like they're media personalities like Charlamagne's not a journalist Ebro is nothing um, Joe Biden's not a journalist Peter Rosenberg's not, not a journalist so, Rosenberg's not a journalist so yeah media personalities Actually, he might be the only one that's journalist. media personalities is an interesting one because I see it here here in the UK that ZZ Mills yeah, come yeah, on, yeah come the, on. The, the, the other I'm not going to say names and all that because I'm not trying to stop the Industry's too small and I'm not yeah, trying to stop. Yeah, it is small. But, 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 yeah. That's what me and Pete are here for. Yeah, we can say that. That's what me and Pete are here for. Keep your YouTube page to yourself. That's what me and Pete are But. What type lippy? I will. Okay, so that. So I will say something about the difference between what we do, like editorial written stuff and the media personalities on, I'm not going to name platforms or anything like that, but them man, them man there. there. Them, them man <laughs> there. Them man there. And this isn't throwing shade or whatever. We go into this because we, we, we want to write stories. We want to tell these artists stories. We want to we amplify 
the culture, amplify these people and the music and everything like that. You want to become a media personality and present because that's what you want to do. You, you just want to be in front of the camera. The camera. And that's, that's, that's all good. There's no, like, that's not a negative or a positive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your, your kind of end goal is to champion these stories, champion this culture, champion all of that. So then it means that the way that you approach certain situations and certain conversations is very different. So for us, we're always about trying to get to the heart and the truth of the story because yeah. that is just journalism. That is just that's what your heart. Media about. personalities are just out to ask the pressing things that they might think fans would want to know. Yeah, clickbait. clickbait. Yeah, essentially, they're, they're, a lot of times, sometimes they start off as journalists and then they move mm -hmm. up to being media personalities yeah. and then I mean, train yeah, as being, being, being that in itself is a skill because to be able to like I can't do that because I'm I'm not nearly as energetic or interested enough in that in that kind of stuff to want to yeah, sit there you, and, and ask an artist about kind of who they're dating. I couldn't give a shit if they were kind of jacking themselves off in the shower with me, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> no, I get it though, man. <laughs> so, like, I couldn't care less who you're like. So, but, but then like, and that's the thing, I think that's, that's the difference. And I think when we live in a world now where everything is so visual, visual led, that obviously like, a kind of platform like kind of where you can go on and kind of talk about kind of like rap or whatever's been happening in the past week for an hour is more entertaining and a lot easier to consume than actually sitting there and reading 1500 words oh, yeah, I mean I well for me, for me personally I find sitting through an hour of Joe Budden the most like taxing Bro. thing ever that, that is harder than sitting through 10,000 words I'll tell you that the pull, the, the pull up is a struggle I don't watch Joe Budden as much as I did before no. I listen to it on a move I can't yeah, sit no, no, I can't sit there and just watch that. are we talking about the podcast or are we talking about the pull up the, oh. I don't really do the pull up unless it's someone the pull up I do depending on the artist I just can't do it, bro. Nah, the pull up I could do. Because that's what he tries to be yeah. mad, like journalist. Yeah, nah, the pull up like, I could do depending on the artist. I don't think he's greater though. Either. He's not. He's dead. Because even on state of the culture, I don't feel like he's that great at that either. I don't think no. any of them are besides mm. Jinx. Yeah, and I like, that's I like what Jinx, Jinx was. is the only one. Jinx was yeah, a journalist. Yeah, Jinx yeah. is a natural yeah, 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 yeah. journalist. But you can tell they stand. He brings new ones. He brings new ones. That's why journalists are always be important. Yeah, and logic. And you can tell he stands out like a sore thumb. Like the way he operates, the questions he asks, the. Integrity of him, if that makes sense. Not saying they don't have integrity, himself, yeah. Yeah. but like the way he carries himself, he he cares about. He's not here to hear gossip. He yeah. generally is just here to come. But the problem is with the biggest kind of music platforms, quote unquote, are like the Breakfast Club and and it's all gossip based. Mm -hmm. That's all people run to. Like, but it's also another another form of journalism, which is probably going to increase in the next few years. I think that's all. That's because yeah. you could even say Nori is technically a journalist because of drink champs. He's yeah, asking but, people questions. Yeah, but it's like. Yeah, I get it. Nah, not someone someone might call him one. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, saying? you could call it celebrity journalism or whatever. Like, like someone might call Charlemagne yeah. a journalist, even though what he does is not journalism. Mm. Yeah, people a, people don't know the meaning. Really, like, look at like Envy. All he does is just ask people. So, where did you come? Like, how yeah. did you start? Envy asks the same question. But he's not. He doesn't count himself. No, but I'm saying, but people though. will. Just based on the fact that you're interviewing someone. Questions. Not, not envy. Not envy. I'm saying, I think the way people view, unfortunately, is like as soon as you're in front of a camera and you ask questions, some people might class, might class you as a journalist. Mm. The thing is- Do that, I think they are? Yeah. No. But like- The industry itself, like like labels and all that still value written journalism so highly. They need it. They need, yeah. Yeah, they, you, need, they yeah. need it. Like it's needed. Like, it's needed. It's needed. Um, it's just that- Younger audiences aren't buying into it as much as 
people thought that they would. I think it will come back round, though. Yeah, I think it's cyclical. I think it will. Yeah, I think it's cyclical. I think it will come back round to where print journalism is where people go to. I think like it's cyclical, not more than obviously mm. visual, but mm. people, the young audience will naturally just gravitate towards. I think just reading pieces again. Mm. Like, it just is what. It well, is. the young audience will get older, yeah. and I, I think in that sense it will be cyclical. I think online journalism is always going to have its merit. Um, as Jesse said, like with labels and companies and stuff like that, they need that to tick off their box, especially if there's like an artist rollout going on. To the point about like media personalities, especially in the UK, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are just there just to get to a certain place. Like mm. some of them might start by writing and becoming media personalities as well. And the integrity to really dedicate yourself to finding out about someone maybe not isn't mm. as there isn't there as much. So, but that's that's only going to continue. Like we have a young generation of people in the industry who are making their way up and going to be doing that sort of thing anyway. So that's just going to continue. Right, but there's I, I definitely feel that there's space for like almost a Larry King esque like type of platform in the UK for like just artists. I mean, not for the radio is like kind of closest thing to that where the actual discussion isn't just. Gossip. Kind of gossip and all that. You actually yeah, getting, music. Yeah, you're actually yeah. getting a real hours worth of good quality where you're not skipping. But you want something that's just focused on kind of. But yeah, you want something that's kind of. Not, I'm not trying to say highly intellectual or anything like that, but in a sense where I'm with you though, but bro. Like Larry that's King, what we're walking, like working Larry, Larry King is asking these artists so many interesting questions, and the mm. way he's asking them, like you wouldn't, you like, it's, I don't know, it's just. The avenue he comes. Yeah, the avenue, yeah, and, and like you can mad. only have that if you come from a certain type of background, like in journalism. And you you have to be either trained in that or taught that, or you pick it up along the way. And it's hard to do that if you're just starting off as a media yeah. personality mm-hmm. and you're just wanting to have a YouTube channel. Like, well, that's what we got here before. <laughs> Them questions there. Mm-hmm. I think oh, it's yeah. similar to podcasts these days as yeah. well, where like you know a lot of podcasts are gossip based. There aren't many that are focused purely on the on arts and, and music. I don't know how many content. there is that's just based on music alone. Yeah. UK with or no, US? Yeah, like with no gossip. <clears throat> no, besides I mean, obviously, us, obviously, I mean, but... we went to GOATS for like, not based, it just music solely besides us. Especially in the UK, no, I don't, can't think of any off the top of my head. They actually go in depth and talk about music and non-gossip stuff. Yeah, you have to scratch your head. <laughs> salute to us <laughs> and salute to all the publications that are trying to do that obviously mm. Trench as well I mean GRM, Link Up, SB they do what they need to do to make this whole thing make sense um, there probably is a need for more infrastructure but sort of but surely I'm hoping we'll get there oh, because yeah. there's as well as myself, Jesse other people in our generation there's also people coming up from the writers especially who are like more they're getting more and more bylines in like bigger magazines as well and their writing's good so I feel like we are on our way to like more of a structure when it comes to like journalism in this country anyway Mm. and as far as hip hop journalism generally but there's always going to be a need for it like people's stories need to be told Um, they're not going to be told by way of a media personality really they're going to be told in depth by the people who actually care about the music and stuff as well So after such a deep discussion, we're going to tell each other our favorite three track sequences. Now, I need to double one. check with something. That's a good one. I've got a few. To I honest. need to double check with something. What are you checking? We can't, we don't include interludes, right? 
It's a free track. I'm just saying, the f- you said the first three tracks or just three tracks? Three tracks. The first three tracks? Three tracks on the album, bro. I thought, I thought, I, never mind, I went off the I first three tracks. I mean, it depends on what you mean. What, if, if you think an interlude is a track, then... Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I went, I went off the first three tracks. Or do you just mean three in general? Just three, bro. Just three great songs on the album. Oh yes, God. in a row. Yeah, in a row. Okay, that one, two, okay, I get it. Bro, you overcomplicate things, man. I really did, because I thought you went the first three, but I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why you thought that. Neither do I. I mean, yeah. I wonder Sorry. about you sometimes. I apologise, guys, fam. Maybe it's don't apologise to me. It's when you told me you smelled George Smith's neck, fam. Why have you discombobulated since? Peter, do you want to begin with your favourite three track sequence? <laughs> um, hold on one set. Because I've got, I've got like five. You've got five. I've only got two. I've got five sets. You got five sets. You I've got five sets of three. Bro. You man went crazy. Look, man, I was on one the train set, this morning. Man. I was on, hey, one set, man. One set, three tracks off any album. I can't you want. do that, sir. All right, cool. Um, I've I've decided to go for Ghostface, Supreme Clientele, um, the three tracks in a row. I think it, you see, you have the intro, and then you got Nutmeg, and when you start off an album like that, oh lord, it's just disrespectful, Ooh. isn't it? So he goes into Nutmeg, then he goes into One, then he goes into Saturday Night. I was like, yeah, nah, you're disrespectful, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> you love that word, did it? Yeah, bro, I was just like, yo, who, how dare you? How dare <laughs> you? It just sounded sick. It just sounded sick, man. It sounded like triumphant. I forgot about one. And I think he was coming off the back of a lot of legal problems. I think when he drops the first album, Iron Man, he was um, quite in a low place. So like just the sound of like nutmeg, it just sounded very triumphant. I felt that was like a left jab. And then one was like a, you know, a right jab. And then Saturday night was like an uppercut. Um, not make it always just sounded to me like he was walking through some kind of hood botanical gardens. <laughs> I feel you. You know That's what I'm saying? Like he was just walking through like just some flowers, some yeah. geraniums. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, that's my three. That's the sequencing on that is just amazing to me. I feel you. Yeah. Jesse, what you got? Um, oh man, I've got loads of... See? I've got loads of three <laughs> track sequences that just go off. But at the moment, uh, my favourite one is off of Tanner Talk 3 by Benny, Benny the Butcher. Um, so that is Who Are You with Royce of 5'9", um, 51 with Westside West Gun and then Rick. Mm. Like that three track sequence is just some of the finest producing. Yeah. Like Alchemist and Derringer as well. Like Derringer needs more flowers, yeah. man. Yeah. Alchemist is but, an alien, mm-hmm. bruv. He's, we might have to start putting Derringer in there too, man. Because yeah. his production no, is just like, yeah, out of this world, man. Yeah, me? Okay. So, work with, work with me, guys. <laughs> so, the first one, first set I've got is from um, NWA's Straight Outta Compton album. And it's Straight Outta Compton, Fuck the Police, and Gangsta Gangster. Now, when I first heard this album, I couldn't get past those first three tracks because, like, three amazing classic songs back to back to back. So, like, I'll always love that three track sequence. Another one I got is from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, Dark Fantasy, Gorgeous, and Power. Because, mm. I mean, come That's on. Strong. Come on. Yeah, Dark, Fantasy, strong, had, Dark Fantasy, Dark Fantasy, Dark Fantasy, you know what I mean? Probably I had Riz, the same RZA's, RZA's last Grammy, great, amazing beat. Oh, you had it? Had wait, wait, you said RZA's last great, amazing beat. Did he produce it? Yo, that? he took off his glasses. He co-produced bro. it. He co-produced come it. On, man. Come on, man. Come on, hey, of course, his name was in the credits, my G. Bro, come what, on, man. What would you mean? RZA, nah, man. RZA ain't made like a fire beat since the 90s, man. We have to be real. He made, well, he co-made Dark Fantasy. What? He like turned the knob. Oh, <laughs> Don't do that. Why are you doing that, though? Why are you no, doing I'm that? sorry, man. Why are you doing that? There was <laughs> we no debate this all the time. There was no need for that at all. RZA's run wasn't long enough, man. Nah, man. It's a goat run, man. He done a lot. Nah, it's a goat run. I don't care. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not arguing this. 
<laughs> but anyway, um, so that's that's another one. And then my next one is right, from right. the Black Star album. Mm. Oh, Astronomy mm. Eighth Light, Definition and Redefinition. Okay. Mm. And that was mainly for Definition and Redefinition because one, two punch, man. Yeah, I've got a few others as well. Bro, we got the by goal, all means. Yeah. I've got means. a couple more too, I can't lie. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I man. I still need to go. Here you go, bro. There you go. Classic, classic <laughs> album. No. Are you guys still going? No, no. I'm, 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 I'm chop off, fam. Yeah, I am. I only got two more. I only got two more. I've only got two more. Relax. All right. So the next one is from Boy in the Corner. Um, okay. Sitting here, stop that, and I love you. Mm. I mean, yeah. come on. Mm. They just Flawless. give you. They just give you everything. Like sitting here is the very pensive, introspective kind of slowy type beat, and then you got the straight grime of stop that, and then the straight grime of I love you. It's just lovely. It's just lovely. And my last one is from Liquid Swords by Jizza. Liquid Swords, Duel of the Iron Mike, and Living in the World Today. Mm. More dope RZA beats okay. that he actually produced in the 90s. <laughs> but there you go. That's, I'm done. Um, Mohammed. So, obviously, I've, I've done it incorrectly. <laughs> of course you have. But we move. You were waiting you for me that? to finish just to tell us that you did it incorrectly. I've done it incorrectly, but we move. I've still got some of the similar albums, but I've just kind of realigned. But I think I had Good Kid. I had a bitch talking about vibe. Let's see freestyle on the art of peer pressure. Mm, so I feel like mm-hmm. three dope mm-hmm. back to back to back songs. Um, what else did I have? I had the same as you with Dark Twisted Fantasy, but you robbed me, so I don't want to be childish. We move. We say we move. Those are the two I had actually. I didn't go as many as you ran. I had mm-hmm. others, but I I done it kind of the start or oh, the first three. So, yeah, so if I had the first three, for example, one of the first three I had was Teflon Don, I'm Not a Star, Freemason, and Tears of Joy. Mm. I had that here, and I also what else did I had? I also had Black Album, December 4th, Fort Morgan, mm. I say, and Encore. Ooh. So if we had the first three tracks, mm. those would have been three yeah. great albums. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And I also had the first three, I also had 50 with What's Up Gangster, Patiently Waiting, and Many Men. Mm. Mm. So I feel like yeah. that was... That's cold. That was a great way to start. That's album. Like 50 yeah. Cent that you'd know off the gate. Yeah. This is what the album is. And this, so then three tracks to start off an album, those were the kind of ones I went for. So yeah. Black Album, Teflon Don, Good Kid, and... Yeah. I mean, I got um, another one, which was only built for Cuban links. This is very Ooh. like this is woo like. I'm saying, man, mm-hmm. they, they knew they knew their sequencing. Um, yeah, so I, I had knowledge, God, criminology, and incarcerated Scarface. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah. yeah, it was just greasy, man. That's the best word I can use. Wait, who produced Raekwon those beats? is greasy, but who produced those beats though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prince Rakim. Prince Rakim. <laughs> Well, the Abbott, yeah? Yeah. The Abbott. one of Zigzag Zigalar. Um, yeah, no. Ray, Ray, I'm the only Ray, one who knows that, just, He's just greasy, though, man. Like, mm. and, and Rizzo was greasy back then, too. Like, he, he couldn't do no wrong. I'm not even going to front. He could do no wrong. But those three? Yeah, man. And when they got to incarcerate Scarface? Yeah, so that was just cold. And then I got another one, which was Tupac, All Eyes On Me. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wait, 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 I've, wait, I've wait, gone... wait. This one or this two? This one. No, wait, this two. Okay, cool. I've got one for this I've got, two. I've um, got yeah. Shorty Wanna Be A Fug. Holler at me and wonder why they call you bitch. I wonder why they call you a bitch. <sighs> yeah. Well, you had the same yeah, thing. Tupac was nah, disrespectful, nah, nah, bro. No, 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 no. Oh, I wonder why they call you. Nah, okay. What you got? I've got to go back to the album. Give me two secs. Because I've been listening to All Eyes on Me a lot recently. Mm. Um, I've just like added quite a few to a few of the songs to my gym playlist. Oh, yeah. So, like, and there's a, even on, on this one, there's a few track sequence. I think it's. Um, what is it? Uh, all about you, scandalous, and then how do you want it? Do you know what I looked at that as well? Because yeah, scandalous, scandalous. Yeah, scandalous is a is a, like I don't know what it is when you're running to scandalous. Like 
there's there's a fucking saxophone and then there's the beat. Bro, it, it just, sounds it, magical, it just, man. It just, it sounds like it sounds like crystals just like it just crystals. So, it's, it's crystals so just sick, dropping yeah. somewhere, bro. Like, it sounds like audience. amazing, bro. Audience, like Peter, Peter um, flicked his pinky ring when he said. But no, I've, I've, I've got. Um, <laughs> I've got picture me rolling, check out time, and rather be your nigga. Yeah, I think Richie Rich. Richie Rich's verse is so underrated. Yeah, on rather yeah. be your nigga, like yeah. he just doesn't get enough love for that one verse. I'm telling you, I don't know whether it's the cadence, the style, and the and the beat yeah, itself yeah, yeah. that it just works. Mm. Um, other ones I've got Freddie Gibbs, Bandana, so um, Practice, Ooh. Cataracts, Ooh. and and Goddamn. Like those those three, like this, the sequencing on Shit. that. Yeah. Like Madlib, like when Madlib dropped the instrumental album of Bandana, I was like, yeah, no, nah, this is. One of the best rap albums like Bro, this, yeah, this decade. Mad Lib's a disrespectful guy, man. He's disrespectful. He's had his hand though. in how Bro. many like. Oh, I, I was watching yeah. that complex interview he did. Recently. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah, and like, I felt sorry for Pierce Simpson because it's like you're trying to get blood out of a stone, but at the same time, like, it's Mad Lib. Mad Lib is it is Mad Lib, and yeah. yeah, you're right. He is disrespectful. You probably could have taken any three track sequence from that album and put that as like one of your favorites. Like, yeah. There's too Easy. many. There's way too Easy, many, man. Bro. Flipping yeah. out. What kind of rating? We're gonna do it like as far as like stars, five stars, one to five stars. If you've got like a perfect free track sequence, how does that affect your rating of an album? It pushes it up, pushes it up, it pushes it up, but it depends on but how much. It depends how bad. It depends the other on how many tracks are on the album as well. Though, is it a twelve track album? Is it a? Let's say it's a twelve track album. It's it's a decent album, and it's got like a perfect three track sequence. What rating would you say you'd give that? And what are the rest of the songs are like? Decent to bad. About six. Mm-hmm. About six or seven. Although, Police is Tasty mm. is arguably one of the few albums I've ever listened to where you can take any three track sequence from that and it's just as good as any other three track sequence you oh, can okay, take from it. So. Mm. Like, from top to bottom, it was so good that, and it's so well produced that each song as well, like, standalone was great. I think it was... Um, Those Neptunes in there, Prime too. Yeah, exactly. So it had yeah. Sugar, Honey, Honey, Iced Tea, Millionaire, um, Go Outside in Public. What? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, Get It yeah, On In Public. Yeah. All of them ones, all of them were banging. And yeah. I think that's one album where I can say, nah, I can't even decide on a few track sequence because the whole album is that good. Yeah. yeah. And Dan is that for me. Yeah. Um, probably Good Kid My City as well. That was, yeah, and for mm. me that was... An amazing album as well. This was hard to do though, man. I really had to like, yeah. just think about some of my favorite albums. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was, it was difficult, man. Right and then it made me realize how important sequencing is as well. Mm-hmm. Like you can really like affect the mood of an album if songs are like placed incorrectly. I think I might have like underappreciated that mm. up until thinking about this topic. Yeah, but man, I think, yeah, as you, as you get older, like your ear and like what you consider to be great and all the intricacies in that just get louder yeah. and louder and louder. Because you can place a bad song or a song that's not as good as the two songs that come afterwards. And it might be because that song is placed where it is, why the two after that bang as well mm-hmm. as they do. I didn't deep that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes it, sense. Because, yeah. I mean, it's the same for me on with Bandana. Like, there's some songs which I, that have grown on me so much more since it's come out because of where they're placed. Mm. Um, like, I think Flat Tummy T... Was cool. I, I always liked oh, I it. I love that song, man. But it grew on me after because of where it's placed. Mm. 
Like it comes at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Giannis as well is perfect because it just comes before practice, which is- See, I wasn't feeling level. Giannis though when I first heard it. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't as well, but right. now, now it just, it, it goes off because mm-hmm. I kind of like that kind of, that tempo before it kind of goes into something a little bit mm. more smooth and mellow. And then, yeah, Cataracts is just perfect place. Yeah. Perfect mm. place. I think the whole album is structured perfectly. Mm. Just from where it starts to where it ends, like ending on education, like it's just mm. perfect. Can but, you think of, can any of you think of an album where a song was placed in between? So a song basically messed up the sequencing of songs that came after it. If that makes sense. Mm. So I had one in mind. I was listening to Drake's More Life recently. And I can't, I think it might have been Medaiba, um, Passion Fruit. And I feel like George's interlude came in between one of those. And I think it might have messed up the flow. Really? Can you, man, think of a song or an album that maybe messed up the flow? Jay Cotton, no, before, uh, 24, I know I keep saying it, but it was 2014 for a source, if you remember. Well, what song? So you remember he had. Yeah, I was it. He had a spank. He had, I think, Fire Squad. Then he had no role models. So you're mm. on a hype and it's on a mad hype. And then he goes to Hello. Mm. I don't know if you remember. And Hello was just some, it was bare somber. Mm. And then he went back to apparently and apparently was hype. Okay. So it's like he literally mm. had five songs in a row. He had three good songs, by the way. Mm. Like three solid tracks. Like to say, I, I think it was Central Pay, Fire Squad, and then no role models. And then he had Hello. And Hello for me is the worst song in that whole album. Mm. But it was just, I didn't get it. Yeah, but just did it, it mess just, it up then for you? Yeah, it was like, what's it? Like, it had no business in that. It had no business on the album, number one, but it had no business <laughs> on right there. Like, you don't bring Hello straight after mm. No Role Models when No Role Models was the best song on the album. Mm. Yeah, you're right, actually. What? About J. Cole. You're right. I think that jarred me as well with that album. Yeah, like, it was bare weird. J. Cole might low-key be the king of that. Just putting random places in random spots, bro. He might low-key be the yeah, king Yeah, like, he even done it on, I think he done it with Born Sinner when he put, I think it was, not trouble, but he put a random song in it. I mean, like, his first album was just like bad sequel scene all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, oh, Ladies Hit Squad and Konnichiwa. I was looking at that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. It's gone from crime rhythm, no, corn in the cob, crime rhythm, it ain't safe, to then Ladies <laughs> Hit Squad, numbers, and then man, gang. <laughs> Like fam, like we're on a hype. Then you kind of yeah. Try it's to weird. Do sexy. I hate, when, I hate like, when rappers do that, man. I can't like, stand it. Fam, like I don't want to go from hype to sexy to hype. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit mad still. Yeah, that's a bit wild. Yeah, pretty much. I can't think of any. To be honest, nah. Yeah. Only one I can think it's of is Hello off the top of my head because mm. it was the most. It's the most jarring song I've ever heard of J Cole's. I throw in the bin, man. <laughs> Along with the first album. Oh yeah. my god. Whole world. What well, silent? I thought I'd have been. I hate that album. Sideman stories. I hate that album. <laughs> I, I call it Sideman stories. No, I, I hate <laughs> You know what's mad? It's called. Don't get me wrong. It's got a lot of singles, but as an album, now nah, throwing mm-hmm. it in, man. Throw it in. Oh my. I God. thought this, this single with Missy was actually one of the best. Nobody's songs. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but that's what, yeah, song. but like he's got a few singles. Like he had, mm. I think, at the actual Cold World song. Or something. Yeah. But he said, like, yeah, like there's nothing. It was just an album of singles. Yeah, it's literally just a compilation album. Like literally take that, put that there, and then put this here, and then. Yeah. And then for me, straight after that, he came up with his best album, which was Born Sinner. So it's mm-hmm. like, yo, like, what, what was you? But I feel like the last, his first album, I know we're going on a bit of a tangent. I feel like that was 100% for the record label. Yeah. yeah I think that generally yeah. was it just was. like, hey, guys, take this album, mm-hmm. yeah. let it go number one, and then don't hassle me with what I do from now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <do you laughs> yeah. yeah, it's literally like, hey, you've got your number one album. Yeah. Clearly, I've got fans. Don't hassle me now. <laughs> like, I've got, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And yeah. you can tell from, he's been trying to craft the perfect album since then. And, He's still working on it. Might not ever happen. 
I mean, I think, I mean, I don't personally uh, think 2014 is his best album. But I think Born Sinner was just that too, bit too long. Yeah, because it was Miss America. He had yeah. a bit, bare like chaining days. Mm-hmm. Miss America, mm-hmm. he had a few, it was like five, six songs. It was yeah. like five songs too long. Mm-hmm. But it was his strong album. I think it's his strongest album. I think yeah. the same here, but a lot of people feel like it's 2014 Forest Hills. A lot of people do though. Like a lot of people think 2014 Forest Hills is his best Conceptually, album. Conceptually, I think KOD is the strongest yeah. album. As far as everything else, KOD, um, Born Sinner's up there. For me, anyway, yeah. it's probably mm-hmm. second. For me, Friday Night Light still for me. For me, no, Friday Night's yeah. a classic, though, yeah. but that's a mixtape. It's his best project. But to me, it's literally For Your Eyes Only and what's the sideline story? Uh, keep that, man. Yeah. For Your Eyes, he tried to make it a classic so bad. <sighs> once yeah. I heard, he tried the, to make it You know, it was so when I heard bad. Folded Clothes, I was like, oh, come on. And you know what's mad? This is how much of a J. Cole fan I am. I even saw that live. You saw, him, you saw him flow close. I really like that song. I want to flow close. Song too. Well, guys, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> well, if, they, if we ain't got anything else, um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap up. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Jesse, for coming nah, through. Thank appreciate you, um, yeah, thank you so much. How can appreciate people find you if you want them to find you? Uh, don't find me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm GM right to peace. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, um, Marvin's Code on Twitter and Instagram. Right, yeah, appreciate you again, bro. No, no, thank yeah. you. I always wanted to ask you, what was that? Why Marvin's Corridor? I know why, but why? Man, I was I was bored. <laughs> I, I was bored and I needed a new Twitter handle back in 2011 and I thought, yeah, so Marvin's Room obviously just dropped around the time and I was trying to be funny mm. and I was like, Marvin's Corridor. And Stuck. Then, and I actually f- like found out later that Marvin's Room is actually the studio in which- Marvin Gaye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They recorded the song and all that. I didn't know that. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like the, the handle makes sense now, like musically mm. and all that. Yeah. yeah. All leads back to the music. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, we thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, we'll be back next time. Um, appreciate you, bro. Yeah, oh, 100%. You appreciate me. you, Jesse. Yeah. And until then, I don't have a saying to say. So, stay uh, black if you're black, stay white if you're white. Da, 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 da. And if you want to change, that's, your, that's if change your color, because that seem, might be a thing, mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> That's literally how he signs off, isn't it? Well, that's how Yemi yeah, signs if off. If you're black, say. black, stay. If you're white, stay white. If you're mixed, stay mixed. And if you want to change it, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> in that boy's teeth. He's sleeping, isn't he? <laughs> that's only when he's met Georgia too. <laughs> How's it going, Georgia? I'm a journalist. Oh, Georgia, we've met before. I'm a journalist. Let me see. That was clever. That was clever. That was clever. Yeah. <laughs> Audience, I want to tell you something real quick. Peter is very burnt by the fact that I told him about David Bowie's extracurricular activities. Oh, with, shit, uh, yeah. Oh, what, David Bowie beat a bit? <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I think hurt. I think that's just his aggression coming out, yeah, his frustration and that. that. No, I was just shocked. Who else was we talking about? Mick Jagger and David Bowie. And Biggie saying you look so good. No, and Luther Vandross. And Biggie saying you Bryan. look so good. No, not so much the Biggie thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Biggie we don't want to talk about that, yeah? You look so good, I'll suck your daddy. We don't want to talk about that. We can. Uh, I'll fuck RuPaul before I fuck any of you escape bitches. What does that mean? That's a wild line. That's a wild But you know who's got wild lines as well? We overlooked a lot of wild lines. DMX. DMX got bare wild lines. DMX said, what do you say? You, what do you say? You, what do you say? You, you look at my face while he's sucking it or something like that. Remember, oh, what do you say? Don't say you remember. Nah, I don't remember <laughs> shit. Like, no, you got to tap him uh, like, yo, you nah, remember it? Like, nah, like, bro. Sign, sign, while he's sucking it, motherfucker. Yeah, legit. Oh my God. DMX has got bare words. I didn't register that bar. Yeah, yeah nah. It was in his biggest song. None of these men are yeah, madder than Eminem. Eminem's still got the wildest shit. Yeah, but Eminem wants to kill everyone because he's white. <laughs> He does not have the wildest stuff. But on that I mean, note, yo, no rappers ever spoke about killing their mom. You want to kill your mom? Suck on your daddy's dick is wild. The, but you want to kill your mom? Hear what I'm saying? People, really your do, mother, the person yo, that brought you nah, into this. Nah, but I'm just deep in it. Like 
you look so good, you make me want to suck on your. But that's like, a joke. Yeah, so, but and, but that's a joke. Yeah. Eminem, he probably. Eminem, but that's yeah. a joke. But that, that, how do we know Biggie don't mean? Biggie don't mean. Biggie don't mean. But that's a joke. Like Eminem means. In what context is anyone laughing at that? You're all looking. Are you laughing now? I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the ridiculousness of me saying you look so good. I want to suck your daddy's dick. Like it's just paying the dozens, isn't it? You know, it's just a bit of that's across the lines of banter. Playing the dozens. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Um, hey, man. You would have uh, a dozen people rushing you if you said that. No, shout, no, shout out to yeah, me. I mean, but yeah. Eminem takes the, this, Eminem takes the Eminem, wild yeah, trophy. Eminem's bro. the wildest. But Eminem's white as well. He'll pull through with it. If Eminem wasn't a rapper, he'd be doing Eminem is not killing his mum. Eminem will be doing 25 to life if he wasn't a rapper. Yeah, facts. <laughs> what? We don't know that. We don't Eminem, know that. We know that. This guy would have killed Kim. He would have killed his mum. Kim would have held a couple of Then legs. he would have gone to Iraq war, come back and done a whole lot of things. Rumble like, over there. Come on, Eminem's a bit Fam. racist as well. Eminem would have done a lot of wild stuff. We don't know that. We have seen Eminem say nigga. Dr. Dre encouraged him, man. <laughs> Why you got to do that? Hey, I man. told you. Hey, man. I told you he did. Salute to everyone that listens to the podcast. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you soon. Take care. Peace. Uh,